Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And I'm welcoming and shouting out all the haters. Now, I'm not talking about mine, <laughs> though they exist. If there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. And now, it's Gabe Ramirez. Oh, you see the facial hair? This, this little baby <laughs> facial hair is until the Bears win. And now, Anthony Heron. I need another Paw Patrol. Okay, I'm going to come turn it on in just yeah, a couple get, of get, moments, all right? Guy needs another Paw Patrol. I'm going to get Patrol. Give me like three minutes. I'm going to come turn on more Paw Patrol, okay? Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And away we go. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 Score, hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock tonight. Aquí estoy. Vamos! We out here. Hanging out with Tyler Ferengal today, one of the OPBs and Oak Park Boys, that is. Um, Sorry, but <laughs> I'm not Tyler Ferengal. Oh, my bad. Tyler Peterbilt. Damn. Um, I'm like, why is he looking over there? I think I'm making a joke. I don't hear no like cosign. Like, 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 so who's gonna correct him? I was just like, all right, you got it. is all one name. <laughs> I called Farron called Buterball the other day. Too. <laughs> did you? Of course I did. Tyler and Tyler. That's why uh, I tried to call him Baby T. I tried a to get him a lot of t- I feel like it's 18 Tylers at this station right now. Man. Tried to give him. Tried to give him the Baby T nickname. It didn't stick. Which Which one was Baby T? That was Fair Girl. Fair Baby T. Okay. He's 22. Yeah. Baby he got a Baby T. T vibe to him. Baby T. Uh-huh. Was a hat banging to the side. Right. Baby T works like that. Uh, uh, Ant probably uh, got mad a, lyrics too. Of course. Uh, he told bars. me yesterday. He told me yesterday uh, that he he uh, did tennis. Lake Park High School. Him and that's where he went to, did tennis out there. Okay. It's funny because you start to see the producers and, like, you know, some of the things yes, that they gravitate people. towards. Yeah, well, the sports. You know? <laughs> All right. In my mind, I just think, I just assume everyone plays basketball, football, and baseball. Yeah. This is my right. assumption. Yeah, because that's the cool stuff to do. People are into that usually. But, yeah. yes, other stuff out there. I, I tried tennis one time. That is a remarkably difficult sport. Yeah. To make like solid contact and actually have the ball go where you want it to go with the racket, put a little top spin on. Like you see no. the pros doing kind of the, no. the overhand deal where the ball spins like sideways or whatever. I tried that once. It did not go well. I'm still on like 100 level tennis okay. on ping pong, trying to get the top All spin right. there. Yeah, <laughs> trying right. Figure, trying to figure that Work out. Work your way first. up to table tennis. Yeah, you know, you when know. you really get good at it, yeah. you can call it table tennis. Right, you know, and then eventually maybe like try tennis, tennis. Uh, and I know something that you are good at. What's and that? that is football. Oh, yeah. And played at the highest used level. Used to be, yeah. Used to be. In the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you get excited around this time? You know, Super Bowl weekend? Like, just, you know, in your own personal world? I think so, yeah. The the vibe of it. I mean, so, I my wife is from New England. So, 
you know, she, all my in-laws, huge Patriots fans. So between my playing career and then the years after where, you know, players would get access to tickets, we could buy them at face value. You had other folks Wait, who were associated. Uh, you get access to the Super Bowl tickets before? Not not now, not right. anymore. But during during my playing career, yeah, the players we could That's all buy really cool. buy tickets at face okay. value. Yeah, and this was back when I'm I'm assuming everything has gone digital at this point. It's probably a big assumption. Maybe I shouldn't assume that, but at least I know during my playing career, everything was still like the the legit printed ticket, and it wasn't printed on like the paper, the cardboard, the Super Bowl tickets. A lot of folks listening have probably seen them where. You know, it's basically made out of like fiberglass and it's got all the holograms and stuff in there. Really just cool looking tickets. So we, we'd get to buy those at face value. So I'd buy my couple and then maybe I'd find some teammates. They'd let me get theirs at face value too. So I would send my wife, my in-laws, because the Patriots were in the Super Bowl like every year, every other year basically uh, while I was in the league still. So I would usually send them. Now sometimes I would go to the location of the Super Bowl just to be in the city, just to kind of take in the vibe and get the you know get the ambiance of the big game. Never had an interest in actually attending the game itself. So I've never been to the game itself, to a Super Bowl in the stadium. Been in the in the city while the Super Bowl was taking place several times, and it's a blast, man. It's a really good time when you're there. It's about you know former player We've got all kinds of events going on and parties and this and that. So you know just getting to go do that and just kind of take in the scene where the NFL descends upon the site of the Super Bowl yeah. and feels like the whole sports and entertainment universe revolves around that for that week and especially those final few days leading into the game. So it's a good time. It's a really, really good time, just to, especially when you're associated with the league. But going to the game itself has never appealed to me. But, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of money, man. It's a grip to get those tickets, oh, man. I, can, I know. I've never thought about those things. But when you hear the, you hear the numbers, it's crazy. And I'm talking about, like, for you, you know, you hear people say, like, the Super Bowl hangover, right? Teams that have mm-hmm. gone there, been there, and the next year, it's because it doesn't have the same effect, right, because they've won it already. All right. Like, do you feel that way as a as a, as a player and, and what the Super Bowl means? Where every year it's, you know, the biggest event. But as a, as a player, you know, having played and having seen and having – you know, gone through so many, does it does it lose any value in your mind? Or, or what is that like for you there? No, it doesn't because you just, you put so much into it as as a player and the coaches too, okay. where there's, there's so much time, energy, resources that go towards trying to, you know, for most of the league, trying to get on the field and then trying to maintain playing time and maintain the job that you've earned. And then from one season to the next to, to get a, a certain level of excellence and consistency. And so we saw... For basically two decades, the Patriots dynasty, and that skewed the image of of what's really plausible in the NFL for just sustainability between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And now the Chiefs are on the cusp. Uh, you know, they've already started a dynasty. This is a dynastic run they've begun. Can they sustain it for a decade or two decades? That's asking a lot. We've never seen that before, and it's hard to think we would see that again for what Tom Brady and the Patriots accomplished over about 20 years. But right now the Chiefs are the squad that's starting to just make this seem like easy is an overstatement, but make it seem plausible that you just make it to this stage on an annual basis over and over again. But, of course, the vast majority of the league does not. And so there is this appreciation for how difficult it is to do this. And that was the, the odd thing, man. The early 2000s when I was in the league, 01 05, and at that point, even the the Patriots, I think, in, in the years I was in the NFL, the Patriots won at least two, maybe three of those Super Bowls from 2001 to 2005. 
But at that point, the vast majority of the league was still like out on Tom Brady. Like right now, Brock Purdy, this is the first Super Bowl he's made it to. He may never make it to another one again. He's never won one at this point, all these things. But Tom Brady was being viewed in a very similar light to what Brock Purdy is right now during my time in the league, even after winning a Super Bowl, after winning multiple Super Bowls. Because you think of those initial games that the Patriots made it to, the initial Super Bowls that the Patriots won. Yes, Tom Brady made plays, and a lot of it was these late-game moments, late-game drives to put his squad in position for a late-game field goal, and you had one of the great kickers of all time. But it was a defensive-minded roster, the stars who led the Patriots to those Super Bowls. Brady was the quarterback, and he became the darling of the league because of this remarkable story of the six-round pick who supplants a potential Hall of Fame quarterback and then you know, rides this thing to, to Super Bowl after Super Bowl in the early stages of his career. But he was never the guy in those early, in the first handful of years in the league who was leading a passing attack that was amongst the best in football or was viewed as the key to the Patriots winning so consistently. He was a key, and he was, you know, pretty soon thereafter viewed as, yes, a good football player. But nobody saw the Tom Brady that he became in his 30s and then into his 40s because that's not who he was early on in his early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s. That, that wasn't the dude that Tom Brady was at first. That being said, though, there was this continued appreciation for how difficult it was because the Patriots reviewed as this squad that was this dynasty. Were they cheating a little bit? That question was kind of always there, but they never had the roster. Like, by comparison, everybody knows San Francisco's got one of, if not the most talented rosters in football. Nobody saw the Patriots in that light, so that's why not only Tom Brady, but the squad as a whole, man, in the early 2000s, the Patriots were viewed as this squad where the league was just kind of like, man, how are they getting this done? We don't really dig it. We don't really get it. It feels like they're getting lucky over and over again. You even think back to the Patriots had won three or four Super Bowls by the time the Jets knocked them out of the playoffs that time. You had the Bart Scott post-game comments with Sal Palantoni about them being paper champions and, you know, can't wait and all that stuff. Like The Patriots still didn't necessarily have the broader admiration. They had respect, but they didn't have the broader admiration of the league for the first half, really, of that dynasty. So that, to your question about just how how much respect there there is or how difficult it feels, you know, after Super Bowl after Super Bowl, especially for, you know, teams that get there on a regular basis – the league realizes that it's it's abnormal, that what the Patriots did is unique, that what the Chiefs are now in the process of doing is very unique. And I think back to that early stretch of the time the Patriots were, were starting to do that over and over again. People were still looking at them like, I, just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. When we take the field against all those scrubs, we're going to rub their faces <laughs> in it. And then right. you leave the field and somehow the Patriots beat you. And it did take a minute, man. It took a number of years before folks within the league, players especially within the league, were really looking at what the Patriots were accomplishing with the type of reverence that now we do have the hindsight to look back at it with, and especially because of what Tom Brady became. But when that was in its infancy, most folks around the league were like, man, he's really that good. You know, he's fine. He's a guy. But, man, they're just the squad is just getting lucky and figuring all this stuff out. And it, it took a minute before the Patriots really had the league's reverence. Yeah, and that's a, I think and that's what we're looking at right now with a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes where you say to yourself, all right, well, is this – I was talking about it earlier and I was saying to myself, I said, you know, you, get, you look at Patrick Mahomes and are, we, are you going to make the same mistake you did with, with Tom Brady where 
you know, you you might have taken him for granted or you you bet against them because mm-hmm. year and he kept thinking paper champions, mm-hmm. they're not the truth. I can't, I can't believe they can keep doing this. Right. And I've heard it. I've heard it with the San Francisco uh, 49ers where people were like, hey, their team is just superior. I, I, I know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, Taylor Swift can't come down and play any <laughs> snaps for them. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a little bit different. So, when you're looking at this game, I haven't even heard your – I mean, I, I kind of heard it in, yeah. in the middle of your answer mm-hmm. by saying the Niners are the superior team, talent-wise. <laughs> so you think they're going to win? I do not. No. Okay. Because <laughs> – Despite all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought the Ravens were going to beat the Chiefs. I, I picked Baltimore going into that game, and, you know, it felt like Lamar Jackson's season. He's going to win another MVP. And it's the best version of Lamar Jackson that we've seen, not only as a runner but as a passer and a decision-maker – operating both within and outside the pocket. And they had one of the best run games in football. They had maybe the best defense, you know, statistically, you know, some give and take there. But as far as just a defense that, you know, consistently just lit the opponent up over and over again and in every phase of how they operated, Ravens maybe had the best defense in football. So combining all those things and being at home and that they've been on that stage multiple times, said, all right, you know, I think this is their year. I think this is the year they get that done. But yet and still, then, you know, as I was talking to my wife about it before that game, because she kind of gave me the who you got before the the Baltimore-Kansas City game. Like, yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's amazing. He might end up being the best of all time. Travis Kelsey is still special as a playmaking tight end. And this is probably the best version of Andy Reid. I think we've seen as an in-game clock manager, decision maker, and frankly, play caller, as well, where just just sticking with the run game, all that, you know, I, I really like the way that Andy Reid is calling the games too, and this is the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had in any postseason run. All that being said, though, I think this is Baltimore's year. Give me the Ravens. <laughs> I was proven wrong there. I kind of feel like, all right, what well, what am I going? Why would I keep betting against? What, what, so you know. We were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, you're going to say, yeah, no, this is the time. It's not going to last this long, mm-hmm. and then you keep losing, and you're like you know what, Yeah. <laughs> let me just start betting on this guy until right. he loses, and right. then, I, then I can come up with all these other theories mm-hmm. that you see. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. I mean, that we Should do be. know. I, I think that, you know, when I'm looking at San Francisco, even though they have the pieces, I just even feel like though. I feel like there's been too many times throughout the season where they've shown how they can lose. And not that Kansas City hasn't, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think that when you're looking at a team, you still re- re- remind yourself that they are a team. Yep. And and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, obviously we know how good he is. But I think people underestimate the other areas of their team. You mentioned a second ago the defense. Yeah. They've shown up in every playoff game and the season for that mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. But no one talks about them at the same, you know, at the same level or with the same uh, veracity. Then you talk about, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, he's not the greatest running back, but he's like a, a, a Khalil Herbert plus. Yep. So if you like Khalil yep. Herbert, they have that and. And then, you know, the wide receivers, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair. Fair. And they're suddenly catching the football. Right. That's the biggest thing that separated wins from losses for the Chiefs in several of those games during the regular season, where even though the offensive line was struggling, they still were in position to win some games, and then you'd have a key drop in the game, like Kadarius Tony or whoever else, and then, you know, they, they just couldn't find a way to, like, finish it off in a couple of those. They were still 12-5, and five, you know, yeah. during the regular season. It wasn't like – they were getting their doors blown off by anybody, but they could have even won a few more games. I'm very distra- distracted by the chocolate cake, by the way. But they could have won even a few more games. <laughs> now we're in. Now it's mine. Yeah. So it's too I late think, now. Uh, 
you know, they could have won even more games if, if receivers would have just caught the football, but they didn't. So they finished as a 12-win squad instead of a 14-win squad or something like that. But now they're catching the football, man, especially in critical moments in these games. Guys are coming up with grabs. So now I view that as this a team that's been battle-tested. It's a team that had those those foibles, those, those frailties that they showed during the regular season. And even moments where maybe Patrick Mahomes, in a way, almost embarrassed himself a little bit, like going off on the refs after the, what was it, after the Buffalo regular season matchup or something like and that. And then going up to Josh Allen and then being like, I yeah. can't believe they did that to us. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that, that that's that's a bad look. For, for the best player in the league to kind of go complaining about that. But that being said, and, and who knows what really went into it, but the thought did cross my mind because we don't normally see that version of Patrick Mahomes, kind of the, the whiny Mahomes, the, the, the sort of complaining Fair. Patrick Mahomes, the guy making excuses. He frankly hasn't been in a position where he's needed to make very many excuses up to this point in his career. But it did cross my mind at that point after that game, just wondering, was that Patrick Mahomes taking pressure off his teammates? taking the shine off of the the frailties of his wide receivers, all the drops mm. from teammates on the outside, and these players looking to prove themselves because the discussion after the game was not those drops that really legitimately cost them the game. It was about Mahomes going off on the refs and Mahomes making excuses. He's in a position where he can take all those slings and arrows. You know, he's a made man at this point, <laughs> but the discussion didn't continue about those wideouts. Was that him just having his guys back and saying, I'll put the the attention great point. on me, even if I'm acting like a jerk, but go ahead, everybody look at me, everybody kind of talk about me and my actions here, my reaction afterwards, as opposed to these guys who aren't catching a damn football. So I know you're not really going to blame me anyway. Quit blaming them, let them chill for a minute, and now we've seen that they've been able to come through, they've been able to respond, and it's a team that looks to me like a squad that's gelled at the right time, and that can be a dangerous thing. Yep, they got some uh, what, what you, you can call veterans, right? Travis yeah. Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, guys that have been there before can speak to the importance of the moment, and clearly anybody around you is going to want to elevate their game so that that way they can contribute to that as well. Currently, as it stands, uh, the odds are Kansas City Chiefs plus two and a half. You can get them at, with, with points, which is crazy to me because, mm. I mean, you and I both think that, you know, they are the favorites in this in, in this instance, but, you know, uh, don't forget, though, you can. Uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers, they meet Sunday in Super Bowl 58 from Las Vegas. Our official our official pregame coverage begins at 3 with kickoff at 5.30. The Super Bowl can be heard exclusively in Chicago on 6.70, the score, or with the free Odyssey app. Uh, you know, and, and you I'm, giving out any betting advice? Is that, are we doing that tonight? Let me, let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> If you check my account lately, you, you don't want no advice from me, my friend. I'll tell you that. But, but maybe you want advice from Craig Carton. Okay. Yes. Uh, that Craig Carton. Mm-hmm. I, of course, he used to be paired up with Boomer Esiason. Right. Gone through his little you dig. Uh, <laughs> but he now works with FanDuel. And he is an advocate for responsible gambling. And he really, really has some good advice on, you know, this weekend – what you can actually do to kind of make sure you're, you're in the right frame of mind uh, to bet some money and really have the maximum amount of fun. But also, I uh, had the opportunity to talk to him about Justin Fields oh, okay. and Chicago and who he thinks uh, should be under center at the start of next season. Craig Carton from the Carton Show and FanDuel joins us next. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 670 to score. Gabe Ramirez hanging out with you guys. And, of course, you know, uh, this upcoming weekend, man, a lot of people are going to be, you know, let's just say uh, on their phones quite a bit. Uh, but we want to make sure they're doing it responsibly. Uh, but we also want to, you know, talk about the game, and we get to do that uh, with our next guest uh, from FanDuel. Of course, you guys know him from a ton of other things. You may have seen him, watched him, maybe. Uh, it is none other than Craig Carton. Craig, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. My man, how's everything going? Getting ready for, obviously, the big Super Bowl weekend, and uh, privileged to be on with you today. Oh, man, it's going to be great. And, but first, I got to start, you know, I got selfishly start here with, with our people here in Chicago. Right. And, and, you know, like the biggest debate here most certainly is Justin Fields versus the field. Um, I know you have your, your thoughts when you see Justin Fields, his three years of work and, and what he's done and what the Bears have in front of them, you know, obviously with draft picks and such. Like when you hear about this argument yep. going on, like what, whose side are you on or what do you think the Bears should be doing in that situation? Yeah, I tell you, if you had asked me this question six months ago, I would have traded Justin Fields in a heartbeat and done everything I can, you know, to get the hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, pick the right quarterback in the draft, which is obviously the crapshoot here. But there's some happened in the last six weeks of the season. Part of it, of course, is DJ Moore and that connection. But to me, the only reason for Chicago to uh, get rid of Justin Fields would be to be able to kick the quarterback salary you know, down the road for another three or four years, which is obviously great value in being able to do that because it lets you sign a whole bunch of other players. But, man, the question mark that surrounds a draft pick, especially at the quarterback position, and knowing that I can get four or five top-level picks if I decide to move that number one pick, I think I'm in the camp of let's keep Justin Fields, let's improve the town around him, let's get – you know, a legitimate number two. Let's do a little bit better at tight end. And let's make sure we get, you know, another chip on the offensive line. And I think you might have a winner there with Justin Fields. And when you consider the fact that the Detroit Lions right now kind of own the division and you saw Jordan Love come on, 
are you willing as a Bears fan to now accept the fact that I know it was only a couple games away from Green Bay and they made the playoffs last year. Am I going to start over again? Because you're not that far away in the win-loss column from being a wild-card team, and you saw what Green Bay did. So yeah, I to think- answer your question in a <laughs> In a long-winded manner, I stay with Justin Fields. Yeah, I hear that, Craig, and, I, and a lot of people feel that way. I, I tend to think about year two, right? Not necessarily this first year, whether it's Justin under center or a Drake May or a Caleb Williams. I think about the, the year following that because I don't think anyone in their right mind would say, oh, the Bears are going to be a Super Bowl contender next year. But maybe right. two years from right. now, what does that look like? And I think that's what I'm concerned about when it comes to Justin, where maybe year two of a Drake May or a Caleb Williams – could look significantly better than anything we've seen so far from a Justin Fields, which is the biggest worry. Yeah, I mean, look, I get that. My issue, though, is, you know, the knock on Justin, of course, is that he's a running back playing quarterback, right? right and that's probably right. not entirely fair to say. But I do think you brought in a stud-wide receiver in DJ Moore, and all of a sudden, wow, the guy can throw the football, right? And he looked pretty good in a lot of those games over the last six weeks. And, again, six months ago, I would have traded it and not blinked about it. But I'm of the opinion now you don't give up on talented quarterbacks because they struggle early. And if you decide that you want to move on from Justin, let's even say you get a third-round pick for him, whatever the case may be, and you go out and get the quarterback of your dreams, you're also acknowledging to a fan base that, frankly, has been suffering for the better part of you know, God knows what, two decades damn near, right? <laughs> yes. That we're, we're, we're trying it again. We're going to try to get it right again. And I think there needs to be some respect to the fan base that we're not just going to blow this thing up every two years. And I would keep Justin. I would get as much as possible for that number one pick. And if I could get three, maybe a fourth, which might be greedy, legitimate starter on uh, my team next year, I think you'll see a much different and a much better Justin Fields. Oh, uh, we're most certainly trying to be greedy in Chicago. We're talking to Craig Carton. Ah, yeah. No <laughs> doubt, no host doubt. Host of the Carton Show. Also our fan to ambassador here on 670 to score, Gabe Ramirez, hanging out. Now, of course, Craig, the Bears want to be where San Francisco and Kansas City are going to be this weekend, and that is, you know, playing for the championship. Now, it, it, when you're looking at these two teams, I mean, geez, because to me, I feel like this. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is like – Tom Brady in a sense where you always doubted Brady and then he always made you look bad. And I feel like that's where, yep. we're, where we're at now where he's, you know, he's always going to approve you wrong at the very end. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't think there's any debate, at least it's not for me. San Francisco is the better football team in this game. Uh, the obvious wild card is the currently the best quarterback in the league and a guy that's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. And that's Patrick Mahomes because he evens the table. Yeah, but there's a reason that San Francisco's favored in this game, albeit by only a couple points. They're the better team. Now, they haven't looked like it, to be fair. They played like crap against Green Bay for three quarters. They looked like crap against Detroit for a half, and you were down 17 points. But I think when you just on a piece of paper, if you look to match up San Francisco versus Kansas City, I don't know how you come to any conclusion other than San Francisco is a more talented team. Now, they haven't played like it thus far in the playoffs. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, is the great equalizer when it comes to having lesser talent. But, you know, I'm a big believer in you got better talent, you you win far more often than you lose. And with all due respect to what Mahomes does and Andy Reid does and the fact that, yeah, they do have a legitimate running game. And, yeah, sure, 
their secondary is the best it's been in the Mahomes era. I just think Cal wins out, and I think San Francisco wins the Super Bowl. What do you got to say about like people, the naysayers for Brock Purdy, right? Because you did mention a lot that San Francisco has the more talented team, right? And then the argument yeah. then becomes, you know, Brock Purdy. But I think, you know, even here in Chicago, his name gets brought up a lot, right? Because it's like, well, would you prefer to have Brock Purdy over Justin Fields? And some, you know, large majority yes. is like, yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, don't say it. Wait. Oh, you're going to start getting tweets right now, okay? I'm telling you, I've, I've been down this path before. But the answer is yes. You see Brock Purdy, you understand how, yeah. how well he is and how well he plays and, and how good he is as a quarterback. Well, let me put it this way, right? So, look, I think Brock Purdy is a top five quarterback in this league and was an MVP candidate. Uh, for a good portion of this year. And I think the the knocks on Brock Purdy are, are, are baseless and ridiculous. And I think it's based more on the fact that he was the last pick in the draft. If you could pretend for a minute that Brock Purdy was the first overall pick in the draft two years ago, people would be talking about him much differently. They would say, <laughs> there's the number one pick in the draft. They lived up to the promise of being a franchise quarterback. I mean, you take stock of the fact that in his first year in the league, he didn't lose a regular season game, won two playoff games, and obviously gets hurt on the first drive against the Philadelphia Eagles, comes back in year two off a significant elbow surgery, and is the number one seed, wins two playoff games, goes to the Super Bowl. Like, what else do people want from this kid? And the notion of, well, he's a product of the town around him, Tell me a great quarterback that wasn't or isn't. Because Joe Montana had Jerry Rice and John Taylor Come on. and Roger Craig. Come on. And Troy Aikman had, you know, uh, Michael Irvin and, and Emmitt Smith. Smith. Come on. <laughs> and, right. So, to me, it, it's a silly conversation. And some people that just don't want to buy the fact that a kid picked dead last could actually be a franchise quarterback. And I think you'll see that on display in the Super Bowl. And the beauty of what he has done is – he played like crap for three quarters against Green Bay. Game on the line. Dude made all the plays. He wasn't playing great against Detroit. Down 17. Dude made all the plays. Such a good and point. And I'm not worried at all about him in the Super Bowl. Such a good point when you're thinking about those two instances in the playoffs with so much on the line. He still came through. And that is what makes you great in the NFL. We're talking to Craig Carton here on 670 yep. The Score. Gabe Ramirez here. All right, well, you know, obviously a lot of people are going to be gambling on the game this weekend, but we want to make yep. sure that they're doing it responsibly, right, Craig? Talk to me about the system. What, yeah. what, what is the system that FanDuel has in place? So, look, I'm a compulsive gambler, and I talk about this with a history of gambling, you know, in a manner that wasn't responsible, so I can speak to you, your know, personal experience, right? It got out of control sure. for me, and it led me down a very bad path, and I want to be clear that it's not going to happen to the far majority of people that gamble, but the more people start gambling for the first time, there'll be a segment of your audience that you know, has a problem and they're, they're totally unaware and unprepared for the problem that they're about to face. So when you talk about the system, it's really about kind of pre-planning what you're going to do so that you don't make a rash emotional decision if you wind up losing or if you have a big win thinking all of a sudden you know, you're the greatest gift to mankind from a <laughs> handicapping standpoint. <laughs> And there, you know, and there are three things we kind of look at. One of them is, you know, set a deposit limit. So if by doing that, you control the, the max amount of money you can lose if you have a bad day. Set a wager limit so that even if you have that big win on the first half or a prop or whatever it might be, that you can't go crazy and just throw it all down the toilet because all of a sudden you think you're special. And the third is time limits. 
you, know, you said something when we started the interview about a lot of people on their phones. That's real. And a lot of people suddenly become prisoners to the phone and, and to the bet and to trying to figure out what I'm going to do next, where they never look up socially. They become reserved. They wind up kind of, you know, becoming kind of cocooned in the gamble and in the attempt to win money or chase money. And those things are available to you through FanDuel. And it's really a method of kind of protecting yourself against yourself. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean, hey, if you lose, you know, a first half bet, we don't want you to chase that with a stupid bet on the second half. That's part of it. But we also want to protect you, like I said, from the ego of the big win and now thinking, hey, I can do this. I can use this as a second income, which is not the right way to do it. And all of a sudden you have people that one wind up in financial trouble, can't pay the rent, can't pay the mortgage. All of a sudden the car payment's missing because it leads to bad things down the road. So we're just hoping that as your audience gambles on the Super Bowl and well aware that, you know, they're going to for sure, whether that's the office box pool or an actual wager, you know, on the FanDuel site or wherever you might be gambling with your friends, the reality is that it should be fun, it should be social, it should be recreational, certainly responsible, but there are protections built in to the FanDuel system that allow you to make sure you're in total control of the risk you're willing to take when it comes to a football game or anything beyond that. I think ultimately it should be fun. I think a lot of people, when they win, it feels that yep. way, and we want to keep it within that. And so that's why the system, I think, is great. I mean, the deposit limit, to me, yeah, is the best the way, thing. Like, you sh- when you do it and it is fun and responsible, it's you know it's collective, right? It's you and your buddies doing it. You know, a bunch of guys at work or gals at work doing it. Hey, how do we do? How you doing? And you celebrate the wins, and for sure you bemoan the losses. But where it starts to become problematic, and I was this person, and I'm sure you and a lot of your audience know a person like me, where all of a sudden I don't want to socialize that much. I don't want to share with you what I'm doing. I'm being somewhat secretive about the bets I'm making. And I'm not telling you about all the bets I'm making. And you can very quickly become kind of isolated and a loner in that regard. And those are the kinds of things that we get concerned about because that does lead down a bad path. I love it, man. Great information. Uh, If people want to bet this weekend on FanDuel, of course, check them out. Make sure you bet responsibly. Use the system. And you should always follow Craig Carton. Get all the updates and latest on the Carton show and everything that he's thinking there and beyond. Craig, it was an absolute pleasure, man. I really appreciate talking to you. Appreciate your time, and uh, keep killing it uh, there in Chicago. Ah, you're too kind, my friend. That you are. Uh, Craig Carton right there with some great information in the system. Make sure you use it, FanDuel. Check them out. Uh, Speaking of the Super Bowl, one of the stars this weekend uh, had something interesting to say about uh, the Chicago Bears and what they should do with that number one pick. Of course, talking about Mr. Kittle, tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. What did he have to say? You know he's a Bears fan. We'll play it for you right after this. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Wow, this is putting me on the spot. All of Chicago is listening to this one. 
Let's see. I think what the Bears should do is, personally, I think they should trade back as many picks as they can and build around a guy that they've been trying to build around. Give the guy some actual options. I mean, he has options, but just help him out as much as you possibly can, but build him up as big as you can and trust the kid. Mr. Kittle wants to trust the kid. GK. Is he a kid, though? Go 24 Hawks. years old? I guess he is. Yeah, 24 is a kid still. Fellow Hawk guy right there, George Kittle. Oh, yeah? Doing big things. That's right. I forgot about oh, yeah. that. Uh-huh. What do you think? Answer me this. Because this, mm-hmm. when I hear the answer, you know me. I'm always looking for, like, the, the things within the things. Yeah. And I very much feel, it very much feels, and I, I believe him. That's what he thinks the Bears should do. Mm-hmm. But it also very much, as he takes that beat in the middle, mm-hmm. <clears throat> very much feels like, I'd rather trash someone who's not in the league mm. and part of my fraternity. I'm, mm. I'm curious. Yeah, right. Then, then bash someone who's in it, who's been through it, plays for my Bears, and I know what it's like because he's gone to. Like, is that? Is there any truth to that? Do you think? I think that that can definitely be a factor. Yes. While also, people have seen Justin Fields make a lot of plays in the league. Also, so I think the same thing plays out within the Bears locker room. And where I would think the Bears brass may, to some extent, still struggle with the decision, too, because there is a known commodity that's here with the Bears that has shown he's capable of playing at a high level in the NFL. And every indication is that he has and will likely continue to improve. Like, he's improved every year he's been in the NFL, and there's no reason to think he won't continue to improve not only because of just the physical gifts that are there, but because of all those intangible things also. He's a really hard worker who is immensely talented, who also takes his craft really seriously and is a guy who can handle the scrutiny and the pressure of being a quarterback in this city and all those things. So folks see that, and, and players who are in the league see it, guys who are in the, the locker room with the Bears see it. So there's a respect for that, for everything you kind of know about Justin Fields, the person, and you see all those God-given abilities too, so there's a deference that gets paid to that because the feeling is, kind of like we were talking about earlier, the, the level of respect there is for how difficult it is to get to the Super Bowl. If you extrapolate that out, guys in the league just know it's just really hard to play at a high level in the NFL, period. And so when you see a guy who's done that, even though he hasn't he hasn't shown that he's an elite quarterback in the NFL and he hasn't shown the level of consistency you would want for someone that you're going to invest nine figures in or any, anything like that. So I don't hear anybody saying, like, oh, the Bears need to, you know, give Justin Fields the, the huge contract right now. But the reason there have been a bunch of voices, not just here in Chicago, but all around the sport. Now, there's different opinions, understandably so. But there have been plenty of people in support of the idea. Like when I was on – Whatever it was last week, I was sitting here with Danny. Brady Quinn was on the show saying something very similar. I think the Bears should build around Justin Fields. A bunch of folks have said that because there is a recognition of how difficult it is to play even at the level that we've seen from Justin Fields. And his highs have been extremely high. His lows have been very low. But the thought is that most people seem to expect there will be an even better version of Justin Fields moving forward than what we've seen here in Chicago, and the consistency would likely continue to enhance. So I, I think George Kittle is being legit there, but the, the point you make, the observation you make about how a current player would be less likely to, you know, to say anything that would be viewed as negative about a current player, especially a, a current starting quarterback with all the hoopla that would be around that during Super Bowl week. <laughs> right. Guys would be careful about those types of things anyway. But he could have just very easily sort of brushed the question off and said, oh, well, you know, 
you got the That's number one pick in the draft. So, yeah, yeah, those guys like are really that, talented yeah. coming out of college. Bears are in a good position. They got a tough choice to make. That's not really my call or whatever. But I think there is a deference that that a lot of players will pay to recognizing a a quarterback of a team has been in a tough spot, but you've seen him able to rise above that pretty frequently now. And so I think there's a respect that guys have for for witnessing that. And it's kind of everybody can respect the talent of Caleb Williams, but recognize that it is a leap to presume greatness, regardless of the draft profile, regardless of anything that goes into that. And so I, I think that's a part of it too. We we heard it play out in the Bears locker room, just you know, assuming that some rookie comes in and that he's going to come in and light it up versus the guy that's in place and, and recognizing what he is already capable of, what he's already shown that he's capable of here. You kind of yeah. know what you got in Justin Fields. And a, a lot of people, I know a lot of people around the sport have a lot of respect for what they've seen from Justin Fields, both on the field and off. And it makes sense, right, where <clears throat> you, everyone will say that it's played in the NFL, that you, know, you, you see the speed of the game. It, it, there's a difference here. You're playing with the best of the best. And so where you see a Justin Fields, who has performed on that level with the finest athletes, you know, on the planet. Mm-hmm. And those that have then competed with him say, no, no, he's he's played our game. We we see him. He can do this. Yeah. And like you mentioned, Caleb might be able to come in here and play, but we don't know. And let me tell you something, Caleb yeah. is different up here. You're not going to get a lot of players around the league, especially those who've done it at a high level, frankly, who's just going to assume – some rookie's going to come in right. and light it up, man. It just There's you know too many guys who recognize how hard it is to right. play at a high level in the NFL. And, and, right, exactly. Not even just to get in the NFL, but to, to then play at a high level in yeah. the NFL. It reminds me of Tyler Buterball. Okay. All one word. What'd he do? No, no, no. I was going to say, oh, okay. you should try to find Thought in the next so. couple of minutes. It's a clip of the Cleveland Cavaliers being interviewed before LeBron James comes to the team. Hmm. And it is okay. it is Carlos Boozer. Uh-huh. I think it's like Danielle Marshall, Larry <laughs> Hughes, guys like that. Uh-huh. Oh, Darius Miles is definitely on that, yeah. you know, the, the, the straight from high school kid. And they're all like, we got a lot of talent on this team. <laughs> I don't think somebody's going to be uh-huh. able to come in here right. and change the game. Right. Now, I think Caleb Williams is LeBron <laughs> James. I'm saying it reminds yeah. me right. of that one because you go back and look at those guys, and you're like, you turkeys. Uh-huh. Right. You, you turkeys. I mean, and when but you think about you it. you have to say those things. Yeah, whether it was you know, Kevin Durant when he came out of the Chicago area and went straight to the NBA, and he was very impressive as a rookie and then ended up becoming the Hall of Famer. Kobe Bryant didn't even start his rookie season in L.A. and then eventually became Kobe Bean and became the Black Mama, became a Hall of Famer. So there were some examples that predated LeBron of, of recent vintage before that, but in the end, there was so much hype about LeBron being the chosen one and everything else, it's hard to imagine he would even approach it, let alone live up to it or even exceed it, depending on how you look at this thing. So, I mean, it's you know, it, it's a great observation, great point, great parallel when you're kind of comparing the two things. And there's some of that even, you know, we got a couple hours left here. I'm even come back around. I was mentioning something when I was on with Dan and Lawrence on Monday, the comparison of like Caleb Williams, where he's at the conversation about him and all the expectations that have been there for a couple of years, and even Caitlin Clark at Mama Mater, at Iowa, because she's kind of getting some of that similar 
pushback okay. from some WNBA greats. And she's kind of hit that Taylor Swift space now where she's been one of the most popular, certainly female athletes, if not overall athletes in the country for over a year at this point. The way she moves the meter, and she's now getting a lot of that because she's, you know, she's gotten so much exposure. Now there's a lot of this kind of anti-Caitlin Clark stuff, even coming from some WNBA greats as well. And I think that topic is really interesting, especially through the lens of Caleb Williams if he does end up coming here to Chicago and how his perception has been shaped now. I'd love to talk about that in the 7 o'clock hour, especially as your perspective as an alumnus of uh, Iowa over there. Mm. You know, the Caitlin Clark connection is big. I mean, she's clearly changing how everybody yeah. views that sport and yeah. just more eyes on the sport, which is what most people really want to see and ultimately is what happened. Great comparison. I love. I can't wait to get mm. into that in just a second. <clears throat> but I do want to be able to compare the two teams that are going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. We'll get a firsthand look at the Kansas City Chiefs from our next guest, Dan and Hughes, will be joining us. Uh, he does the radio analyst, right? For, yep, for- radio analyst with Kansas City Chiefs, also a fellow Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You guys are going to talk about Caden Clark the whole next 15 <laughs> minutes over here. All right, what does he have to say about the Kansas City Chiefs? We will talk to Dan and next right here. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.